shows, you know, of him telling me to shut up. Uh, I think he's about to start counting us in here in <laughs> counting, a moment. Counting us in. Is that what he's doing? But we're going to do something new. We're going to talk over the intro uh, from now go- going on. See how that... No, we we how completely that. eradicated our intro, didn't we, on the I Love Seville show? Did you really? Yeah, we just took it out. Ah. You know what? Now that I think about it, I did, I did notice there was no intro. Good Friday morning, guys. What a great day to be alive in downtown Charlottesville in our building, the Macklin Building on the I Love Seville Network. This is Real Talk with Keith Smith, presented by Yes Realty Partners, a name that you can trust, YRP, Keller Williams Alliance, and Yes Realty Partners. Today's program airs on 15 Facebook pages, 15 Twitter accounts, LinkedIn, YouTube, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, the Fountain App. What am I missing? Periscope, my favorite. The newsletter, ilovesevil.com, realtalkwithkeithsmith.com. I think I'm missing a few. Um, and it's dynamic, so you can shape the discussion. Let us know where you want to go. That's what I love about this We show. have some macro data out. Interest rates appear to be inching over seven. And the inflationary environment we are in seems not to be subsidizing and now um, a number of the financial institutions are, are maybe a little more concerned that a rate hike is on the near horizon. Mm-hmm. The thought was a pause for a period of time. But gas ain't dropping. And, and the cost of goods like groceries ain't dropping like we want them to. But the recession never really happened. That's the other thing. I mean, it kind of impacted certain, but, but I think the Fed's really wanted a re, you know, an old-fashioned knock down, drag out recession and everything I'm reading, that's just not, not happening. We've had, this is, uh, this is from uh, an account that I follow closely on, on Twitter. We have had nearly two years of inflation at 5% plus. The average new car payment is now $800 a month. Yeah. The 30-year mortgage interest rate is at 7% plus. Credit card debt is at an American high of over $1 trillion. And he closes his tweet, Judah, by saying, have people just accepted inflation as the new normal? You know? I'm, I think we have. What else can we, what can we, we do? We have no other choice, yeah. right? Is that right? We have no other choice. We got no other choice. It's not like you say, no, I'm not going to do we, this. We, right? we have no other choice. Well, <clears throat> and, and the, the difference, though, is we, it's not much, but, but, but salaries are increasing a little bit. Not much. But just a little bit, but pretty flat for that matter. But, you know, we're not jobs or not, um, you know, normally when you have this kind of stuff going on, you have jobs just kind of get decimated. And that's not really, really happening. I think the job market is softening. I think it's a lot softer than what the data tells it, tells it out there. But I wanted to kick the show off um, on Wednesday. We, uh, we had a listener. We were talking about a case study on 1005 Southwest Street in Charlottesville. And I did a little homework. I said that's what I was going to do. And one of the reasons I think it's still on the market, because I spent about 45 minutes on it, about three quarters of the lot or the property is covered in the floodplain. So that's probably why it's still sitting on the, on the market. And for the most part, from a development perspective, I think it's really can't be much more developed other than the existing home that's on there. But I, but I promised everybody that's what I would do. And before somebody DMs me and says, um, where, where that, where's the, the case study on that? Bottom line is, three-quarters of it's in the floodplain. Um, that's why it's on the market for 248 days. 
Um, Bill Howard's listing on hey, Fifth Bill. Street um, in the oh. Urban Ring on the market for an extended period of, not, period of time. I believe the asking price is $379,000. He's got in the marketing material seven units without a special use permit, up to 15 units with a special use permit. The DOM is long. The mayor just walked by the studio there. Johnny Ornalis, hello. Welcome hey, to John. the program. Thank you kindly for joining us. Um, our buddy John Blair is watching on hey, LinkedIn. You got the local nonprofit news outlet watching us cool. on uh, Facebook. Um, Kevin's got a case study for you. He sure. says, first, welcome back. Thank you. And Thank then you. he has um, concerns about the looming commercial real estate implosion oh. and how that could affect other aspects of real estate, including potential potentially residential through lending vehicles having bad commercial loans on their balance sheets. That is certainly a macro story that's out there. Your thoughts on that, Keith? Yeah, so thank you, Kevin, for throwing that in there. I think I may have, on some uh, past show, said the two areas as far as real estate that I feel is getting a little soft. It's more national. It's not really happening too much here, uh, but it's the commercial and the multifamily. I think there's overbuilding going on in multifamily units. These are multi-level apartment complexes. I think we're we're starting to overbuild on that on that a little bit. But but those type two type of things, to Kevin's point, is not going to impact um, housing. I mean, I, I I did a post this morning just to talk about this year over year. Um, excuse me, the same week, year over year, so the same week ending last year, there's a 47% drop in, in new listings. So there's 47 less homes on the market. 47%. 47%, thank yeah, you. 40, year 47. over year, we've thank had 47% less homes sold in the car No, 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 rate. come into active. Okay, active. Come active. into active. Okay. So, sold so was, give us the sold number. Sold was about 10%. Okay, okay. But, but the point I'm trying to make is, I, I took a look at what the medium sales price was that week versus this week, and we are up roughly... Well, there is 47% less active listings year over year? Correct. And that's going to be 47% less sold listings. No, no. So you so, need active listings to sell. Well, them. so, yeah. So that's so, what that is. If you have 47 less homes on the market this year than last year, then of course you're going to have 47% less sales. Not necessarily because you're saying they can take them off. No, it's just one week, right? So okay. sales are this so, is a one week period. It's a one week period okay. of time, right? So the sales have been in the process for 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 thirty, sixty days. Okay. What you really want to compare that to is the pending number. I, I would love to know pendings for pendings from January one until June 9th of this year versus January one of last year to June 9th of this year. What closed? Got it. So, that'll give you a real feel. And that'll give you a real feel, but I can't, unless you want me to do that live. I, no, no, no. I can't, you don't have I can't to do, do that, that live. Maybe but, one of the agents watching this but, program. But can I do can that tell us. you, though, same. That's Paragon, right? The same week over week. Yeah. Jerry, there was 27% less pendings. So there was 47% less homes come on market in this one week snapshot, week over week. But what I'm trying to get to, the price increase was roughly 7.5%. So we have less homes coming on the market. And they're more expensive. We have less going into pending. We have less going into sold in a one-week snapshot, week over week. And the price and the appreciation is going up. The values are going up and roughly 7%. And interest rates are higher. Interest rates are so high. And even interest rates are even higher then. Interest rates are even higher. So, so people are still buying and selling. But what I want, the point I wanted to make to Kevin's comment was I don't think 
when I was trying to tie them together, I don't think the commercial softening and the multi-housing softening is going to impact the single-family, uh, and these are single-family. Devil's guys. advocate for the sake of a talk show. Single-family detached are these numbers I'm talking Devil's about. Devil's advocate for the sake of a talk show, I, I would imagine. when you do that. I would imagine uh, no Kevin Yancey is thinking this as well. Many of those commercial loans are held by regional banks. Many of those commercial loans are held by regional banks that are in a little bit of financial peril right now. And those, those regional banks have commercial loans that are coming due, and some of these values on these commercial loans have dropped. So they have um, loans on buildings that don't have the same value when those loans were issued initially. Furthermore, a lot of these buildings, these loans with these regional banks, tenants have pieced out. There's less people working in the building. So there's less rent roll coming to those buildings for the landlords. So the landlords have seen the value of their buildings drop. The landlords have seen their rent rolls drop. And the landlords have their loans coming due here shortly. Because we all know commercial loans are not done in 30-year terms. A lot of folks ask how I got this building. I did it in five and 10-year terms. It's five, it's five years. Five yeah. and 10-year terms. Yeah. That's how we were able to do this and get the debt service cleared so quickly because the term was so short. Okay, so what Kevin is alluding to is if these regional banks have commercial loans coming due on buildings where values have dropped and tenants have moved out, will this impact these regional banks from a lending standard or from a willingness to lend uh, moving forward? Will they be tighter with their money? So it's Kevin, is that what you're asking? So I bet you that's what you're so asking. So it's interesting. I did a ton of reading. I was down there, and I was actually reading uh, Barbara that's what he's asking. Corican's from the Shark Tank. Anyway. Barbara Corcoran. Corcoran, thank you. From the Shark Tank. Um, look, the, rea the other part of these commercial loans, which you didn't mention, most of them are tied to Prime. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Kevin. So as Prime starts going up, and that's what's happening. So commercial loan folks, and I, believe me, I've been there, done this, had millions and millions and millions of dollars of commercial loans at one, at one point. Um, you know, you, you start trying to renegotiate your terms with your lender. So there's a lot of this renegotiations going on. Banks are not letting that happen because of the, because of the things you outlined, right? Value, commercial value. But I think what Kevin's trying to tie is the softening of the commercial going to impact the residential. And the, uh, you say the tie is commercial softening going to have lenders be less likely to lend money in residential? It's two different animals, right? You, you, commercial lenders are commercial lenders, mortgage lenders, residential mortgage lenders are, they've, they're very few. Truist loans to both. Yeah, but. I've but, taken residential and commercial loans from Truist. But they're a handful. Virginia National Bank, Blue Ridge Bank, okay, well, let me ref let Atlantic me, Union. Let me try this a different Virginia way. Virginia Credit Union. Let me try this a different way. Just off the top of my head. Really? You didn't even say anything about the shirt. <laughs> so, so let me try this a different way. They're two different departments. Yes, as far as over, you know, as far as the big bank goes, could it soften their, their balance sheet? Could they go ahead and do it? But on the commercial side, most of these banks, they're using federally backed programs from a residential side, right? Commercial loans are their own money. Typically, it's their own money. So if there is a separation there. Uh, look, I, I do not see, and I may be wrong, I do not see a super implosion of commercial impacting 
the residential market, however you want to tie it together. Tie it together with banks, tie it together whatever. You're just not going to see that. What is going to impact the market is what we talked about before, that we're 40-some-odd percent uh, down, almost 50% down on new actives, and the inventory just isn't going to get better. Buyers are still buying, right? We went up value of 7%, roughly 7.5% in that same but week. But value's on. going up is a reflection of limited inventory. And when limited inventory What's is limited, out there, that inventory becomes more expensive. It's Supply limited, and demand. It's, it's limited in, inventory. So basically, if you own a house, you get more appreciation. If you're trying to get into the game, it's harder than ever. Correct. But it's always been difficult, in my opinion. But you, you, you inventory... Lending, borrowing money is more difficult than it's ever been before, which is ne not necessarily a bad thing. The market is super stable, uh, but you know we we are about ready, and I've talked about this on Wednesday. Get ready for a volume type of business about a two fifteen two sixteen. So we're we're going to be about a thirty percent drop. I think by the by the end of this calendar year, you're going to see about thirty percent less sales year over year. It's going to impact the agents. I can assure you that much. A um, lot, lot of folks here jumping in the mix yeah, here. Sure. Uh, many are asking. First, let me highlight some of the folks watching. Chris Zitzman is watching on the I Love Seville Facebook page. Welcome to the show. Johnny Ornalis is watching on Keith Smith's Facebook page. Hello. Thank you. Maggie Gunnels, Kipasa. Hey, Chica. Maggie. She's watching on your Facebook page. Your daughter in Seattle says, cool shirt, Dad, with an exclamation there point. There you go. She's watching in Seattle. <laughs> she you knew go. you needed to hear that compliment. <laughs> well, She said that. The, She's, yeah. There's an inside joke. Yeah. She gave me the shirt. Oh, very nice. <laughs> so she gives you the compliment from Seattle. She's about to move to Richmond. Mm -hmm. It's going to be nice to have you in the East Coast. Yep. And she's uh, going to be sitting in one of these chairs on a regular basis. I, I'm very excited for that. Very excited for that as she pursues her real estate license. So I'm counting on Spotify, one comment on Spotify, one on Twitter, a text message to me, and then three DMs, and one on Fountain. About they want to know how much less inventory from June 1, from January 1 to June 1 has sold year over year. Try that question a different way. So if you could go January 1 to June 1, 2022, units closed, to January 1, June 1, 2023, units closed in the car footprint. That's what they're asking. I can go back. He has it right there. To the notes. He's very prepared. He's no, this is, from, prepared. this is from Wednesday's show. I know. That's, that's look, why I threw look it at to you. you. That's look why at I you. I knew you had it. My damn chemistry isn't that's, quite there yet. It's got a I little, knew you had that information. It's got a little bit of sand still My left. job is to make you look like a genius. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you had that information. So how's that going for you? All right, it's going well. Yeah, it's going great. Not only are you sun-kissed, but you're very, very smart. Huh? <laughs> Give us those numbers, Keith. I'm, you're so prepared. You have that I data? Have, I have oh that my God. data. Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> Single family detached, car footprints, so that is Charlottesville, Albemarle, uh, Nelson, Louisa, and Green. I dropped new construction out. Those who watch the show, I do that on, for, for a very specific reason. So single family detached, 2023, year to date. 892 units sold. We want to know for last year, right? Same same time period. Yeah. 1178. 1178 in 2022. There 2021 is. was the was the banner year. 
2020, hold on, I'm writing these down. 2022, okay, what was 2021? 1,346. 1,346 in 2021. That was the apex. And that's uh, year to date in 2023. That is year to as of this morning. As of this morning or last Wednesday? No, 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 I actually updated it this morning. Okay, so that's as of June 9th. Yep. Wow, that's good data right there. 2022, let's keep on going down. 2022 was 1,027. 2019 was 1,101. 2018 was 1,144, 17 was 960, 16 was 935, and, seven, and 2015 was 795. So we're somewhere between volume of sales, somewhere between 2015 and 2016. Here's, here's the thing that we talked about. The difference is we're at seven days on market right now, 2015 moved 43. All right, so I, I want to make sure I have these stats right because these are fin fantastic statistics. And I'm going to make these very seventh grade simple terms. Third grade, please, for me. Th third grade. No, you're the teacher. I'm the third grader. You're the teacher. Stop it. Judah's the PhD. I'm the third grader. You're the professor. He's the f Okay, I'm the third grader. And <laughs> he, like, he liked that. <laughs> okay, he's the PhD, Judah Wickhauer. You're the professor. He's learning from you. I'm the third grader. And 2023 from January, you should hear, listen to this, right? And 2023 from January 1 to June 9th, we've had 892 units sold, closed in the car footprint. In 2022, from January 1 to June 9th, we've had 1,178 units sold in the car footprint. In 2021, from January 1 to June 9th, we had 1,346 units sold in the car footprint. That means year over year, 2022 versus 2023, you've had a drop of, I'm gonna do, bust out my calculator here, 1178 minus 892. You've had a drop of 286 units sold. This year versus two years ago, the peak of COVID where it was insanity, where the better 7-8s Yoda Smith said even turkeys could fly in the wind. <laughs> in 2021, the turkey sold 1346, 1,346 versus this year, that's a drop of 892. So the turkeys that entered the game in 2021 because they saw every Tom, Dick, and Harry getting rich you're talking, are now you're, facing, you're, you're, you're talking about agents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are now facing the real world. 2021 so, versus 2023, a and, drop of 454 units. And, and an increase in price of roughly $43,000. 2021. You hear that? 2021. That's bananas. We are at 339. And oh, by the way, the D, DOMs between 23, 22, and 21 were all about the same, somewhere between five and seven days on market. That's a, that's a phenomenal statistic right there. Yeah, so just uh, just to make it clear to everybody, this is only... See? See, the truck drivers thought it was a good statistic. Is that you, Kevin Yancey? Did you just drive by the studio? <laughs> he probably Hey, did. Kev, where are you going, <laughs> bud? Come on in and come in for a cold beer. I bet you any amount of money that's him. Is that you, Kevin Yancey, over there? <laughs> where are you driving, buddy? So, uh... Yeah, single-family detached, no new construction, car footprint, right? So it's a, it's a snapshot. I do single-family detached because that's the largest volume of units, so it gives us a best chance of, of doing some numbers. But, again, if we want to compare it to 2015, and you might want to jot this number down. Okay. So in 2015, just to put it in perspective, 
Um, it was 795 units sold the same time period. 799? 795. 795. So this is compared, as, as he said, this is a 2015 market. 15, 16. Yeah, yeah. Not, it's not quite 15. It's also not quite 16 because 16 was 935. So it's, it's, there was a pretty big jump, pretty big jump between 15 and 16 in, in volume. Uh, but here's the, di the difference. We, we go from seven to 43 days. So remember, we've been talking about, I keep a track on days on market. Right. So when those days on, we're not even in this, even close to those type of days on market, right? So homes are moving quickly. They're in, appreciating in value. The wear matters. We talked about on Wednesday, Buckingham, maybe not so much. Right, the where matters, so you need to dig into the micro locations because micro locations matter. But between 2015 and now, we went from 270 in values. So if you bought a home that met this criteria in 2015, 2015 the median was 270. Now it's three. Oh, it's gonna be four, four, two. Two. Okay, that's another great statistic. And 2015 the median was 270 thousand. Correct. Now you're up to four, four, two. 270K. All right, I'm writing these but down. But just in three years, you grew $43,000 in 2023, the median is 442? 442. Man. 270 in 15, 283 in 16, 290 in 17. You hear that, you? It from, just, just keeps on growing. From 2015 to yeah. 2023, the median values have appreciated from $270,000 to $442,000. That is an astronomical level of appreciation. And my little, my little notebook hasn't, hasn't done. Now, the question would ask, if I buy in 2000 and, let me see, how many years? We got one, two, three, four, five, We're six, talking 40% appreciation. Seven, eight, in nine years. So in nine years from now, if I buy for 442, am I going to get 40% in appreciation? Oh, I, actually, my math is off. Let's go 270,000 times 0. 0.6 plus 270. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking 60% yeah. plus appreciation. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. But it's more important than what percentages is one thing. It's the math difference. So not only do you have nine, if you would have bought a home for $270,000 in 2015, right? You have a, what's the math difference between 270 and 440? 64% appreciation from 2015 to 2023. That is but astronomical. What's the cash difference? Uh, from 442 to 270? Yeah. 442 to 270 minus 270, sorry, doing some quick math, 172K. So you have 172K, that's, that's, that's an appreciation, yeah. right? All right. But then you're going to have equity because you've been paying for nine years. And if you listen to the show and you listen to Maggie Gunnels you and, you, and you listen to all the, the, the realtors and the, the trusted professionals that are on Keith Smith, real, uh, uh, I can do this, Real Talk with Keith Smith partner thing, you're paying an extra into it. So, you, you know, you've got the potential of walking away with, you know, over a couple hundred grand of cash at the closing, which then you can use to move up. The housing, the housing ladder. But look, at the end of the day, we talk about this. We had this whole conversation on Wednesday about rentals, right? Uh huh. Right. You know, this is this is proving over a nine-year scenario. Get in the game. You got to get in the game, right? Yeah. And 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 uh, you know, look, we're not going to have in three years a forty-three thousand um, dollar price increase in the next three years. But what we're going. We well, don't know that. No, I. I mean, I, you're I, saying I, the three years I, we just had. 
No, I, I, I don't. I, I, I will be safe to say I'm not going to bet my mustache. <laughs> well, Keith, Ke- let me play devil's advocate with yeah, you. Yeah, but you got. Uh, and, and your daughter's saying you're doing a hell of a job. She says she, she, she loves when you come on the show and you bring data. She says data is such a cool way to under, understand things around you. I also like when you bring the data. Um, Keith, if the inventory levels don't pick up, if we don't get more inventory to purchase. Sure. That, that, that's that, a huge X factor. It's a huge Especially X factor. Especially if it goes like two, three years like this. It's a huge X factor, but what it, will, what it does the, the flip side, of the, again, devil's advocate for the take of... By the way, you have a nice shirt on. Thank you. By um, the, the devil's advocate for the sake of a talk show, as this 442 goes up, it, it's going to kick more and more people out of the buyer pool, right? So well, the, what was the stat you shared with us on the message? It was I, a damn good stat. Was it from High Wire, from Housing Wire? I, was it more than 24 hours ago? I can't remember. It was, no, it was a great. I, re, I read I actually, that, actually it was I may not respond all the time, but I literally <laughs> read every time. It was a great read. It, literally, you said a good read. Keith, I, I hope you understand this. Everything that you say or do or send to me, I am like osmos, I'm like absorbing everything. I hope you, like, like sincerely. I'm going to go buy you a sponge. And, and, and remember it. Um, Housewire, median income earners, due to so another see, that's one. the difference. I read something that takes, see, it takes a mine sticks. More, a couple more <laughs> median times. income earners can only afford twenty five percent of current listings. That's exactly right. Keith said this to us. A new report finds that even with the existing inventory levels, yeah. the housing shortage would would not be so severe if there were enough homes for all income levels. Yeah. yeah. So so the reason I sent that to you was was to to. Uh, solidify these comments that we've been talking about from somebody other than ourselves that, you know, look, more more inventory, more homes being built at different price points will impact it. But to the point to what you read and to the point that you're trying to make, pardon me, as the price point starts going up, it will weed out a certain number of buyers. But look, I'll use my pool scenario that I love to use. So instead of being the 20-foot depth side of the 10-meter platform diving pool, you know, the Olympic diving platform, it's maybe 15 feet now. The problem is we were hoping the lower end of the pool, which is where the kiddie pool is, it'd start going a little bit deeper, which is the inventory. And that... That side of the pool has gotten more shallow. It's getting worse. Yeah, that side of the pool is no longer a kiddie pool. It's like a kiddie puddle. It's getting worse. Maybe like a kitty spittle. It's getting worse. Kitty dribble. <laughs> I'm sorry. That I'll just, stop. That just sounds very wrong <laughs> at some level. Ooh, I haven't right. figured out what it is, but it does sound wrong. <laughs> but the uh, the the that's exactly what we're we're roughly I'm rounding it up. Roughly fifty percent less inventory came on the market the same exact week a year ago. So that little freaking kitty pool is now becoming a puddle. And that puddle, I think, is going to stay there for a very long time. So what, you know, crystal ball, well, actually, the Swami is going to be here on Monday. The Swami is coming on Monday. We will roll out the red carpet for the Swami. The Swami has a taste of the finer things in life, perhaps like smuggled rum from St. Martin. The Swami smuggled is a strong. The word. Swami also has great hair. You, the Swami is quite tan. You, you and realize the Swami lots... may be wearing a Hawaiian shirt today. I don't know. Yeah, it's a Hawaiian shirt. It was a gift from my daughter. I love it. it I think it's awesome. I, I, I like when you dress down. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm especially I'm, in the summer. It's hot. I'm stretched down. I got my Birkenstocks on, which nobody can see. Bill Tucker is Bill Tucker in the house. Bill, where are you, Billy? I got my Birk. Oh, on. he does have it. Those are new Birks. Uh, are they? I don't know. About a year old. Somewhere. Birks are great. Do your Birks ever smell? I love Burks, but they started stinking the cork on the floor, on not, the bottom. Not me. Nothing, yours don't smell? Nothing does. Really? That's why I had to switch to rainbows. Uh, no. Um, maybe my difference is, is I stick them in salt water every once in a while. Does that not destroy the Burke, though? Oh, no, not. I've, I've, I bring these down to the beach all You the take the Burke into the ocean? No, 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 no. Huh. But when you kind of... Anyway, we, we, nobody wants to hear about how we walked around on the beach with me holding the thing, and the, nobody wants to hear that. Um, so, yeah, so the, 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 it, it's the, the units being sold are roughly 2015, 2016. I, I will bet you by the end of the year, uh, we're going to be somewhere around that. We're going to be at that volume. Our days on market are probably going to stay roughly around under 10. They're going to stay in the single-digit numbers on that end of it. And our values are probably going to go up, depending on where you're at, somewhere between 3 to 7% year over year. We predicted this at the at least I did at the end of last year, that this is what we're going to see this year. We're a little bit past 50%, and we're kind of holding true to that. Right, I don't think you're going to see double double digit appreciations. Some markets will, right? Some certain market, some markets are going to be a little less. You know the, you know I, I didn't we didn't want to throw shade on Buckingham, but the reality is the numbers are the numbers, right? I bet you if we pull up Nelson County, we'll see the same thing. We'll see Nelson County um, probably has gone down a little bit um, quarter, you know, same year to date, uh, year over year on that. Keith Smith bringing ammunition today. Let's get, get to more comments coming in oh, fast comment. and furious. Um, Grayson offers this comment hey, in North Downtown. Mr. Henderson, I appreciate you watching the program. Um, he says, there's no question that the lending environment has tightened. Oh, yeah. Um, go if you're a small business and try to get a line of credit, try to refinance a house. We've done both. It's gotten way more difficult. I also am concerned that commercial lending could impact the regional banks with balance sheet concerns. It, it, yeah. Grayson works in finance. Yeah, so Grayson, it, you know, if, if whatever local bank, we won't, we won't leave names on it, their balance sheet is heavy towards one side, uh, it's going to impact them. It, it, it'll impact them just like it impacted them in the time of, of great unpleasantness where their balance sheets or their, you know, they had everything was on the residential side. I, you know, look, I can tell you borrowing money now is extremely difficult. Um, Yvonne might chime in and said that I told her when we, when, and it took us 13, houses, 13 times to get the house that, that they are under contract in um, uh, Richmond. And I told her this. I said, the hardest part is yet to come. And, and, and we've been working hard every day to get that across the finish line because there's the lending environment is so strict. It just, it's just, it's just takes time, a lot more effort and time, which I love because that means you've got to bring skills to the table in order to get it to the, to the finish line. I'm, I will just say, I said this earlier, even though I think we're looking at a 215, 216 market as far as 
real estate agents go and as far as how we do business, um, I can't tell you I'm more, I am more excited now about real estate than I've ever been. Of course. you got 37 years of experience. You're talented. You can negotiate. you got a Hawaiian shirt. You're sun-kissed. You're a good-looking guy. you got the better seven-eighths. You've seen a lot of different scenarios in, in this market. You know what? But and, you have said on the show you've never seen a market like this before. Well, we said that on Wednesday, right? Yeah. I mean, and, and, and that took me aback a little bit. But he, well, correct, because I've, I've, I've you've been doing this a long time. Well, it's I've been thirty-eight doing it, years. I've been doing it a long time, but I've never really uh, since eighty-seven, whatever that is, um, thirty-five years, maybe. Something, yeah, something like that. Thirty-six years. Yeah. Um, but you ask me that question all the time, and I never really kind of processed it uh-huh. until Wednesday, until I looked at these numbers, because you know. We're at 2015, but the difference is in 2015, we had 43 days on market. So that means inventory obviously was sitting way longer than what it's sitting now. We are at seven. So I am now thinking that, you know, when you start getting to the 40 days on market level, which is this 2015, that's when you're going to start seeing this switch from a buyer's market to a seller's market, excuse me, from a seller's market to a buyer's market, got that backwards on that end of it. It's dyslexia. It happens. You're doing well. Doing uh, well. On that, on that end of it. So, but we're like nowhere near, I mean, we're not even, what, 10% of 43 is four. So, so we're maybe 15% into the 43 days, the 40 days. It's, it's, we're, we're a long way out. So I, I hope and pray banks were smart enough to diversify their portfolio. But I will tell you. They often do not. I will tell you. Because they take the easy money, the low-hanging fruit. I will tell you what a buddy of mine who's a president of a small regional bank up in New York, and he says this to me all the time. We're not the smart guys in the room. We are not. Literally, that's what they say. If you think Well, I mean, you, you spend any time with a banker and you realize they're not the smart guys in the room. The banker is so focused on like the 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 number the black and white and the number that they don't see the big picture. No, that's well, yeah. The second part of it is right. And I also get, and I'm not throwing shade. You you find me in a you find me an attorney that has a business mind that can see the big picture that understands small business and entre- entrepreneurship. I'll pay that attorney three ninety five an hour. Find me one all day long. Yeah, um, Bill Tucker would be one. Bill Tucker's one. Yeah, Bill that's why he's a partner of the show. We love Bill Tucker. Bill Tucker. He's undoubtedly one. Bill Tucker's one of them. He's, yeah. also, he's also he's also about making a deal happen, not making a deal blow up. Right. Yeah. And that's what you're speaking of. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But I will tell you what my because bu- so many of them are so concerned with the minutiae, kiboshes the deal because it causes frustration, anguish, mucks it up. A good attorney does not I, muck it up. I do a ton of LOIs with big projects and stuff like that. And an LOI, a letter of intent, is really just a one, two-page outline of what the business deal is going to look like. A good attorney will take that LOI and turn it into a contract, and it should match, and it shouldn't be an issue. Sometimes that doesn't happen. Sometimes it becomes more difficult and causes conflict between the, the, the two parties that are trying to come to some real... Some, some lawyers are really, really good at it, some are, some are not. Bill happens to be one of them. Bill, Bill Tucker's the man? Uh, absolutely. But back to my buddy, right? Because I asked him the question. I said, why is that? He says, Keith, you've got to understand, we're taught and we're trained to look in the rearview mirror. 
We're always looking in the rearview mirror, always looking at what happened last. So, look, if you want me to get, give me a business loan, what do you want me to give you? The last two years of your tax return. You don't ask me for what my projection. I mean, they do that, but they discount them. They don't really take a look at it. They very rarely look at the front of the hood and what's coming down, what's coming around. That's what makes you and I really good because we're very capable of looking what's coming down the road. I knew I was going to lose $17 million dollars. Because I saw it coming down the road. I just couldn't do anything about it. I just, I was, I was there. I tell this story all the time. When I have bankers walked in my office and say, hey, I heard you're doing a new project or thinking about a new project. I'll give you $10 million and pay you to borrow the money. I knew I was in a world of you know what. And guess what? I ended up in a world of new you, you, you learned what. a lot, though. Best thing ever happened to me, to be honest with you. Wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. You learned a lot. You learned a lot. You rebounded and and now doing quite well. Let me throw this question to you here. Um, Jonathan's asking this question. They want to know where they got the shirt, right? What's that? that? They want to know where I got the shirt. No, (laughs) no. He basically saying, so deals to be had. Does the word deal exist in this market anymore? Yes, absolutely, yeah. But you have to define what a deal is, though, right? So deals are... Deals are, are mean different things to different people. So if you're looking at, at a deal where, um, where if it's listed for $100,000 and you want to buy it for ninety, probably not out there. But there's a lot more to a deal than money, right? And that's where the skill comes in, right? There's other conditions, other terms. I mean, you know, timing, you know, uh, on a commercial environment, how much free time do I get to upfit it, right? So these things are all connected to, to numbers and dollars. But uh, I can tell you, um, you know, if it, here we go, you ready for this? Yeah. If it, this is going to be a sizzle reel. <laughs> if it's in the right location, the right price, the right features, the right condition, and the timing is right, and who's on the other side is the right person, on the selling side, it's going to go. There's not a lot of negotiations room in it if it hits that. But if you start, you might be in the right location. It might be overpriced because it t- doesn't have the right features, doesn't have the right condition. Back to the USDA loan, one of the great things about the USDA loan is it allows you to renovate. You can, up, you can do some work to a, to a home, which not a lot of loan products do. So in any event, you know, if... if You're if talking it, the Lake Monticello USDA loan that we're concerned is going away. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah I'll, um, I'll bet you another bottle of what I bring from the Caribbean that it goes away. Well, after it reading should. what Carly described for the requirements of the USDA loan, it yeah. sounded like Lake Monticello rode that wave longer than it probably should have. Um, yeah, I think... I think the because that ain't a rural environment like Monticello, and that's what the USDA loan's geared for. Well, it goes by number of... of of, of units, yeah. and you're well over that. Well, it goes by number of people, so it's it's roughly ten thousand. So if a community is over ten thousand, that's when you're on the bubble. That's the reason it's on the list. I mean, you got forty three hundred homes times two. Yeah, you average two point two five people, two point five per home. I mean, people have kids. I could do that. That's sixteen. Pe- people have kids. I know it's over ten. Forty three hundred. What do you think? It's two point. What do you think the average in people per household is? If you go ahead and Google it, they'll tell you it's like two. 2.2 something. Is that, yeah, that's what I thought it was. Memory yeah. serves. I think it was like two. Two and a quarter. Let's yeah. use two and a quarter. So 4,300 is 4,300 a good number? Sure. Times 2.25? You're yep. looking at basically 10,000 people. 96.75. And we both know, you know, I, I hope it stays because it's an opportunity for people, but I wouldn't say like Monticello is rural. 
Great product, though, man. Fuck. Whoever, whoever designed and developed the acres, that person was a genius. <laughs> that... <laughs> whoever designed and developed and built the acres in Lake Monticello, that did my, is did, did the my... quintessential design and develop guy. Did my fee just go up? <laughs> is that what just I just happened? love you, buddy. You're my boy, Blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I, w- I was going to try to quickly Google it, but how, what was your number that it came out? Uh, well, it was 9675. So I did 2.25 yeah. times 4,300. So Basically a 10G. Well, we're right on the bubble, and yeah. that's, that's, that's the, I think that's the issue. It's right on the bubble. It depends on how they actually do it, and they use the U.S. Census data and yada, yada, yada. So we might. It might just skate just underneath it. We might get away with it. Then on the other hand, um, you know, we don't know the rest of the criteria. But look, like I said, between Wednesday and today, I got six reach outs. Three of them are from the lake and three of them, you know, they were cops, teachers. uh, 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 I had one that was a carpenter, you know, so they were tradespeople that took advantage of this program, that the carpenter took advantage of the program of so that they could go ahead and up, you know, finish their homes. They got a little bit of capital to go ahead and do it. So it's just a great program. You know, look, housing affordability is just, we're going to be talking about this until I retire. Um, your daughter says, in my opinion, we just got a deal on our house. I concur. You undoubtedly got a deal in your house. And I'll tell you, one of the most strategic endeavors I've ever seen in real estate is the counsel you got from your agent um, with the delaying of the appraisal of the crib that you purchased. By delaying that appraisal, the value of your house jumped considerably, uh, which certainly helped in your financing and loan environment. Well, talk about deal, right? So, so there's more of a deal, right? So I knew, because I did my homework, and I did Dude, my you, research. You were a maestro with that deal. Huh? Um, you, I was, I was arguably, because I had intimate <laughs> knowledge. Maestro. Maestro. I, I, we had intimate knowledge <laughs> of this aids. deal because you had the permission of your client to share. Your yeah. client was your daughter. Yeah, sure. So we, you shared firsthand what happened. Sure. And that intimate knowledge really gave everyone a snapshot of the value <laughs> proposition you offer clients. Yeah, so it, it was. An a, experienced agent would have probably flubbed that up or a non-experienced agent. Because of your experience, you really protected cash. Because of your experience, you preserved cash out of pocket for your clients. Oh, substantial. That's what I'm saying. A lot of folks would have screwed that up, though. Well, not only, not only that, um, without giving specific numbers and details, they're going to close on that, uh, huh? Uh, she says, and I'll t- tell, t- he's told this story. She says, and I'll tell my dad we were about to back out of that whole deal about 30 minutes before we got the news of the new appraise- appraisal price. We know. We know. And he said, nah, stay. Right? Yeah. So, look, and, and, and I, I would have given that counsel to any client. 100%. Any client. It was the right counsel. You know, look, no, don't panic. Don't hit the panic button. This is going to work. You know, I've done the homework. I've done the math. Again, back to the six things, right? So remember number six, the who on the other side? We were able to do this because the agent on the other side in Richmond is a pro. Well, and you also had the benefit. Let's cut to the chase. No, 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 no. Because I reached out to that agent. I said, look, I need some help. I need some because I, I don't have the inner workings of the Richmond MLS. I yeah. got it on the periphery. but. 
that's another big word. That's good. But word. Uh, on, the, on the periphery, yeah. Yeah, good job. I think it's good. Yeah, periphery, like it. Outside, <laughs> periphery. Um, I don't. I got. I impressed myself. I forgot what I was going to say. Your, your your daughter goes. We panicked, and it hurts to say my dad was a hundred percent right. I, Just a hundred percent. It's a hundred percent right. It saved you a lot of money. Well. Yeah, well, let's not jinx it. We're not close yet, okay? <laughs> yeah, Yona doesn't like that. <laughs> We're not supposed to talk about them until they close. We don't like that because, you know, they always got that little voodoo out there yeah. that you can... Yona screw. taught me that. You could. You never know. You never know. There's that little thing called karma right. that floats around out there that you got to always be on the right side of. But look, back to the six things, right? Thank you for the kind words. Um, look, after 35 years, if I'm not really good at this, I probably should have got out a long time ago. <laughs> you got a lot 36 years. 36, 36 years. Eight, well, yeah. I gave myself 36 one, years. I gave myself one you year. You got a lot of practice. I, got, I gave myself one extra year, you know, <laughs> one extra year of, of a gimme on it. But, you know, how you convey that to the client. So you, 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 you talk to me about all the time. So, you know, what new skills are we going to need? What and that they're old skills to go ahead and do that. It's this communication thing. You've got to communicate, and you have to um, be, not firm, but you have to be confident in your decision-making. I was confident that we were going to hit, actually, I didn't think we were going to hit the number that we hit. I thought we were going to hit it about ten or $15,000 under, but we didn't. So they're closing with a substantial amount of equity. Yeah. As soon as they walk in the door. But that's because we did our homework and we, we partnered with a really good agent on the other side. I also had the benefit of the, the 60 days of uh, seller possession. Your, your seller needed to stay in the house. Post. Oh, no, no, no. We, 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 we kind of tweaked all that a little bit. Okay. Is group. that not an option anymore? Uh, we didn't need to. We just tweaked out the closing date. Okay, you just pushed it out. We just pushed the closing. Yeah, because you knew they needed to stay, so you had no no eagerness to close quickly. And they're in Seattle. They didn't need to come right away. They got a crib that they can live in. The folks that you're buying the house from needed to stay longer. So this worked out beautifully. I this had, is legitimately all the stars aligning. No, it's ta it's making all the, the stars st align. It's, it's yeah. forcing the stars. It's taking these six things that we talk about all the time and putting them all into the right funnel to spit out to get to get over here. Had an inter I'll leave her name out. I had an interesting with two very seasoned real estate agents that 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 actually been in the business a little longer than us on that end of it. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. possible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm do singing. me a favor. Do a one shot with him. <laughs> He's gonna no, flick let me, me off. Let me know when you got He's a one shot. He's gonna flick me off. Let here. me know when you got a one shot. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you put it on the studio camera. Oh, did you? <laughs> oh man. Oh, Judah. <laughs> I love. I love this Judah. guy. I love this guy so Judah. much. Did you tweet? Did you? I love this guy did you do so the studio much. cam? No, he didn't do that. <laughs> Judah's a good guy. I just got the one finger salute. <laughs> You're going to get two of them here in a minute. The, the, so Ooh, this comments. Go ahead. This agent who has a few more years in the two agents, a few more years. In, they were talking about we were having a little kind of small brokerage chat, you know, about, OK, so what's going on in the future? What, you know, what are we going to look like in 2023, 24? What kind of skills we as agents are going to have and need that's different than in the last 24 to 36 months? that kind of thing, and yada, yada, yada. And it all leveled down to, 
the ability to communicate an extremely complicated process to a client and keep their faith and trust through the end. And for them not to watch that gosh darn thing on the wall and not to panic. And He's talking about the... Uh CNBC that's constantly on the... Well, what's in your... What crazy enough that comes on your mind. The really thing you really need to do is just watch Real Talk with Keith Smith and then you'll be in good shape. No, but the, but we were very fortunate. We had a bunch of great people, a bunch of great lenders going on there. We, have, we had them running two parallel loans. I convinced them to do that so because we weren't sure which was going to come out so that they would end up ending in, in a good spot. And we did. No, if this damn thing doesn't close, Jerry. <laughs> hey, hey, don't put it on me. She's gonna come down and beat my don't, ass. Don't put it on me. No, not put it. On don't me. don't put don't put it on me. Um, comments coming in fast and, uh, and furious. Bill McChesney, hello, welcome to the program. Um, this question's come in um, from Spencer. Walk us through how he got the appraisal to jump so much. I didn't get the appraisal to jump so much. Right. The what, market. What I did was, was understand the market. Was understand the market. Yeah. And what I did was This is one of the coolest things you've ever done in my book, just to let you know. And it just happened to happen it just happened to be for one of your most special clients ever. This is honestly one of the coolest things I've ever heard in real estate, what you did here. Yeah, to me this is I, I know this is your everyday. I don't, but a lot of people don't hear this, I don't this mean aspect to, of it though. I don't mean to be um, arrogant. That's what you're going to say. Not arrogant, but... This is your everyday. You do this every day. Let me try it a different way. If I couldn't have figured this out after 36 years... You're in the wrong business. I'm in the wrong business, right? So the problem happened was... um, The trigger got pulled for the appraisal faster than I told them to do it. Because I, I did my homework through this agent, again, number six, who's on the other side matters. We had an agent that wanted to participate, wanted to work with us on it, to be two professionals trying to get both clients what they hit a happy place, right? So, you know, I did the homework and I did not want to have the information released for that until I said it was okay. Because I was tracking through this other agent, when the other units that we lost. Remember, we lost 13. No, that was, you won 13. You lost 12. That we was won number, number 13. 13. We yeah, lost you won 13. 12. Thank you. Yeah. We lost 12. So we were tracking these 12 homes, right, and tracking when they were going to close. And I needed to time our appraisal to those closing it. And if that would have happened, then the number spit out what the number spit out. And unfortunately, um, the other... I did not have a trust. Anyway, we, we didn't have so much trusted advisors on the lender side. That going to, I'm not throwing shade at anybody, and we're not talking about specific lenders at this point. But it was just a matter of knowing the market. I took the time. I studied the market. I did my job. I said, guys, this is not what you want to do, and this is why. And did the math for them. If you do it this way, this, is, this much cash is going to come out of your pocket. If we go ahead and roll the dice a little bit, you know, this is, a little, this is a little risky, and that's some agents don't like to do this, right? You know, some agents are risk-averse. I'm not so much, right? Yeah, you're not risk-averse at I'm all. I'm not risk-averse at well, all. I don't call this risk, 
Risk is going to freaking Vegas. That's yeah. risk. Well, you're not risk adverse because you know how to play the game. I know how to play the game. Yeah. I know my odds. My odds are not Vegas odds. My odds are very much so in my favor. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it worked out. I, I, uh, it, it, you know, it, but it's a, huge, it's a huge risk to take, right? You're, I am, I am um, two young couples with a young child, two, two young person, excuse me, a young couple. With, a, with your granddaughter. With a, I'm trying not to make it about my family. Okay. A young couple, that's why I'm screwing up here. Young couple with a young infant, listen to me, took me as a trusted advisor, and I said, look, this is how we need to do this. And they listened to me. We're very fortunate. All our clients do that. And I'll tell you, in the beginning of it, and I'm just going to say this and get this out there, if, if the beginning of it that they're not listening to us, a trusted advisor, that relationship's probably not going to work out, right? We're respectful. Ultimately, ultimately, if that couple said, no, I want to do this, after I tried to talk them out of it, I mean, they're the client. We're, we're going to have to go and do this. But I'm going to make sure in writing they understand this is how I think you should do this. But, you know, it's a two-way street, right? Anyway. You, you, uh, we did good. You're good at your job. You're good at your job. This one from Kelsey watching the program. I'm also the, I'm also the one that gets tagged to solve all the problems, too. Yeah, you're a problem. We put out fires. That's we what we're good fire. at. I tell this story all the time. That's my, literally what we do. My father, my grandfather. You're a fireman. Or well, New York City fireman. Right. I put out fires. Yeah. It just happens not to be flames. Right. Put out the fires. It takes a mindset to put out the, the fire because it's a mindset that doesn't panic. The third, the third, that's exactly right. A mindset that is able to realize that everyone around them is like, oh my God, what do we do? What do we do? Then you have to be the one that's the stabling force. You know what I see when people start doing that? Opportunity. That's exactly Me right. Me too. Absolutely. Yeah, I see opportunity as well. I see Because people are scared. I, and when and they're I'm scared, not, they don't think clearly. I'm not talking about opportunity to take, take advantage of, no. of situation. I see that as an opportunity to say... Okay, we can do this. Thousand percent. This is how we can do this. Yeah, we can get this thing done. Yeah. But anyway, uh, chemistry's working. What time is it? Eleven fifteen. And the chemistry that. working? It is working. It's the coffee, though. It could have been the pre the pre show <laughs> drink too. Um, this is from Kelsey. Could he walk there, through? There, the... is, there's nothing wrong with us having a sip in the morning. No, Kelsey says, "How can we? Can he walk through how uh, appraisal should be done and what time and how they're initiated?" Yeah. So. <clears throat> That is really a great show. Great That's for Scott. Scott. Right. But I can give you the 44,000-foot version of yeah. it. So um, generally what will happen is contract gets done, gets circulated out to everybody, gets circulated out to the lender. At that point, the lenders start having control of scheduling uh, appraisals. There's a bigger picture to this here. Let's go a little bit of history lesson pre-time of unpleasantness, the lender would handpick people. Hey, Jerry, I need you to thing appraise at X dollars or whatever it is. Well, that has all went away. So now what happens is all these things end up in pools. So the appraiser goes out to a, excuse me, the lender sends out to a pool, somebody picks it up, they schedule it, and they go ahead and do it. When that is released to the pool, the, the, the lender controls that. So what I did is I picked up the phone and called the lenders, because there was two of them in this picture that was doing it, and said, 
I do not want you to release that until I say so. One listened to me, one did not. The one that didn't listen to me... Peace out. There's a 70, and because that didn't happen, there was a $70,000 delta. 70000 guys. That's astronomical. We're talking, what, 12%? $70,000 delta. Which meant they would have had to bring $70,000 to the table, plus the closing costs, right, to go ahead and do that. Plus, I got to move across country, yada, yada, yada. Versus now we're over the contract amount substantially. They still have to bring cash to the table, which is no normal closing thing, but they don't have to bring that extra shortfall. Because remember, we negotiated in the contract on this deal that there was an appraisal gap. So my goal, my job, was to try to get that appraisal gap either to zero or, or completely on the, on the other, other side. So to answer the question, you know, what's number five? Time. Timing. Timing is everything. Knowing when the right time is to do something that takes skill, that takes years in the business, that just takes knowing who's in the, in the, in the game, knowing the property, knowing the, both sides, knowing the buyer, knowing the lender, and saying, and kind of grabbing, I don't want to say control, but help steer the ship into the right direction. Keith, you're crushing it tonight. Keith Smith, Yes Realty Partners. Questions coming in quicker. Sure. Um, then we're going to be able to get to here. Um, this question... We'll save them for Monday. Yeah, we can save them for Monday, undoubtedly. Um, Vanessa Parkhill. Hey, Vanessa. Earliesville. We love you, Vanessa Parkhill. I always has, mean this, Always Vanessa. has kind things to say. She's a when, beautiful person. When you, you make the programs better, Vanessa. Amen. She says, if a person is not in Seville and can't hire Keith, what is your advice for finding the advisor in your area that can be the trusted advisor like Keith? Uh, Great question. Actually, she wants, uh, how should the advisor be vetted? And she does not want to, um, she does not want to run into the not so trusted advisor like the lender Keith just referenced. Uh, Vanessa, is this for well, potentially me... one of your scions? Maybe the uh, athletic, intelligent, good looking Lee, potentially? So let me answer that question. A, a large percentage of our business. Is referrals. It, is exactly this. Yeah. So what will happen is Vanessa will call me. Uh-huh. We'll talk about it. We belong to three referral networks that are in, in, the, in the country. We'll figure out where you're going. I just did one in Malaysia, of all places. So what happens here is I get a phone call. We communicate. We find out exactly what the client wants to do, what they want to, how they want to do it, so forth and so on. Um, and I'll tell a story about that, how on the beach I actually help somebody in Tucson. Then what happens is I reach out to these networks and I, in, I phone interview each one of these referrals. So in order to, to be in these referral networks, you've got to have a certain amount of years in the business, yet you're completely vetted, you have to, uh, you have to, you have to really know your, your business. But what I do is I, I vet them and then we stay in contact through the project. So basically, I'm the middle person. I basically subcontracted out. I'm the middle person. But literally, uh, there's a friend of ours that owns a restaurant in St. Martin who is moving to Tucson on the freaking beach. 
We had a conversation. I said, not a problem. Went into my network, knew exactly what he wanted. Went ahead and connected with a real estate agent in Tucson. Actually, talked to six of them. Picked the right agent, put them together. And I'm in the middle negotiating or helping back and forth. So, so when this restaurant owner, a friend of ours in, in Grand Cas has a problem, I'm in the middle of it. And we help navigate and we help manage it. So just DM me, Vanessa, I, I can help you. We do this all over the country. About 30% of our sales are, are like this. I put you guys, at, uh, I tagged you guys in a thread. I also suggested the DM. Any of those that are uh, watching out of market, and just, I'm looking just, at our... Just put my cell number in there. Okay, yeah, Please. I can do that, sure. Uh, absolutely. Best to, uh, uh, Vanessa, it's best to text me. Okay, yeah, let me do that. I'm, I can do that. Sure. Uh, Vanessa, if you're listening, it's 434 I mean, let's cut to the chase. His phone number is all over the internet, so it's not like... I mean, now, when he was started giving away his home address, I'm like, dude, come on. Hey, dude, guess, <laughs> guess what's all over the internet? My home address. You know, here, I'll text her. I'll put in the feed the... Uh, the uh, 434 Five three one zero seven nine five. There you go. There you go. Text um, me, and, and we'll, we'll get you hooked up with the right person. Um, stay, in, stay in the middle of it. So I want to throw you do it. He does a ton of referral business. So I'm, I'm looking on the heat map. You got literally folks, Richmond, Short Pup, Lynchburg, Northern Virginia, folks in North Carolina. We can help um, anybody in any of those. You can help all. He can help all you guys. So, so we see a lot of people watching the show out of Central Virginia. And I think why they like the show outside of Central Virginia, because we have fun. We talk about real estate and people are passionate about it. The reason we're highlighting this is if you if your if your morals and your values align with Keefe's, which I think they probably do, because this guy's a high character guy, he can still help you if you're not in this market. That happens to have a really great shirt. Yeah, uh, multiple people have said, "Is it a Tommy Bahama?" Multiple people are asking. I don't know. Well, it's you want me to? Okay, why don't you put it on a put it on? A are you going to come over here and check my tag? No, it's not. It's it's George or something. I don't is know. Tommy Bahama? Oh, this is George. Yeah, it's George. Yeah. Don't, be, don't be, come sit in your chair. <laughs> come sit in your chair. Weirdo. You're a weirdo. <laughs> it's a George. You're a weirdo. I don't know. I just put it on. I, I ironed like it. it and I put it on. Your daughter gave it to you. Yeah. You're getting some props. You want me to read too? Nah. <laughs> 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 I like when Does you it, do everything else. <laughs> Does it got pictures? I'm good. <laughs> He's so good at his job. He's hilarious, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got pictures on it. So, so to talk about that, um, even on the sales side, I mean, and not to be the seamless sales pitch thing here, but um, we helped somebody in Connecticut. I think I sent you that, you that, that thing. We helped somebody in Connecticut, watched yeah. the show, was having trouble selling their house, felt like they had the wrong representation. Um, and uh, we spoke. And I reached out to my network, found the right person. You know, the bottom line was is they had an agent um, that overvalued the home substantially. They thought it was overvalued, but they didn't fight it. And uh, frankly, they never bothered asking to prove the numbers. Connected them with an agent, priced it right, because price matters, and they put it on the contract in a day. And we get a little referral fee out of it, Not, so I can buy a, a Tommy Bahama, a, a George shirt. <laughs> uh, Carly, Carly, I love when you watch the show. Carly, Carly Wagner has really been making the product better lately. Um, 
Here's you ready for this one? Yeah, this one's like, a le- this I, one's a legit one. A so legit. Hold on. Hold okay. On. I need a fresh piece of paper. You're gonna be focused on this one. Uh, okay. Uh, focus, focus, Smith. Is that what you're saying? I'm just saying when focus Carly's Smith? when Carly's asking Carly's in the game. Okay. KWA, I, got, I yeah. got a clean piece of paper. She's asking questions. You got to focus. Do different loan do different loan originators use different pools of appraisers? I find that some appraisers are more conservative, while far more generous. While some are far more generous. I thought that was because different underwriters were more risk adverse and thus and thus stuck with the more conservative appraiser pools. Yeah. Also, I find the reason for the appraiser often dictates how conservative or generous the appraisal is. For example, appraisers seem more conservative for HELOCs, but generally generally align well with new purchases. I don't know if this is truth. But I've witnessed it in practice. Maybe a question for Scott. Please ask Keith. Yeah, so that's definitely a question for Scott. But the, the I, I can tell you, certain lenders, because, well, it, I think it's kind of flushed itself out. But back in the, right after the time of great unpleasantness, if you took a lot of money from the government, you were in a different pool, right, of an appraiser's. But there is a basic one pool for residential appraisals, and they go out. The banks, the lenders, this is all blind to them. They are not allowed to communicate in any way, shape, or form with the appraiser other than order it and receive it. You know the only group of people that actually can talk to the appraisers? You know who they are? Tell us. Real estate agents. So what we do... Uh, and we did this with the house. We partnered with the agent down in Richmond, but we do this for any home that we're selling. Yona's out doing it right now. We go ahead. We got an appraiser coming in. Love you, Yona. We have an appraiser coming in. Uh, see the, I think it's today, this afternoon. We leave this book of all improvements. We leave comps. We leave all kinds of information on the thing with a nice little cookie. Hey, thank you for what you're doing. Right? Thank you for being out. Here's some information. If you have any questions, please call us. Right, appraisers love that. Some, some don't, but most of them love that because the market is moving so fast and changing so much. You know, current data is always good for them. Here's the contracts that are closing, yada yada yada. They have access to all that data, but if you just go the extra step and do it. Back to the question, I'll tell a story. My other daughter, we helped buy a house in Connecticut. Do you remember the story with the hundred thousand dollar Delta? Harry. Harry, if you're watching, jump in here. Well, what happened with daughter number two in Richmond was the same thing. The appraiser number one that came in was not from the area. Yeah, this is crazy. And that's the problem with the pool scenario. You'd never know who you get in it, right? And you can contest it. You can go through all this stuff. But the bottom line is once it's done, it's done. It's really hard unless there is a blatant error, wrong address, wrong property, you know, something really blatant. An appraisal is just an opinion. And what are they like? What, what, they're kind of like what everybody... we got a lot of opinions around. It's kind of like well, everybody's got one and they all stink kind of thing. So, you know, it's, it's kind of like that. But it was really hard for the second one not to do this because we provided all the data for this person. The first one also did it in three days which is freaking insane. How do you do this shit in three days? The other one took two weeks. So something isn't right. I'll tell you, my son-in-law... The out-of-town guy did it in three days. Yeah. That sounds like a BS desktop appraisal. No, no, he was there because it was live pictures. Okay. Yeah, it, it just... It's like anything. There's really... 
there's very few of you, right? So that, that's a hard comparison to do. But it's like anything. There's good doctors, there's bad doctors, there's good lawyers, there's bad lawyers, there's good real estate agents, there's bad real estate, they're bad or whatever. But Very few of you. Yeah, particularly the shirt. Kevin. So do we want to talk about the boo-boo on the lip? We don't want to talk about that? I don't, Is it obvious? Can I don't think see people it? can see it. Got can it, you yeah. see the boo-boo on the lip? I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't piss you on off. Yvonne, can you see the boo-boo on the lip? I didn't, I didn't piss you I off. can't see the boo-boo on the left. I didn't piss you off. So I just want to get that on the well, table. We, we didn't think you were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was from the medicine that I take in the yeah. sun. It, it, it does that. That's good. You're good. You crushed it today. Yeah. Came let, in with... Uh, nothing. Came, we, no, we came in with a very thorough list of topics to talk about, and I'm glad we prepared for today's talk show. Huh? <laughs> Is that what we did? <laughs> yeah, that's what we did. <laughs> was, no, you know what? I, I got to tell you, I, I, I love doing this stuff. oh it's so fun dude i love doing this stuff and, and it's, it's particularly i love doing all the shows this one's particularly enjoyable because of the chemistry oh yeah <laughs> you just go and shoot the you know it's two guys shooting the shit yeah right it's not work you're oh just, really you just go in and talk yeah well about stuff we like right mostly talk about judah <laughs> we're waiting for judah to talk yeah. judah said maestro you know the thing you know all my 60 years on, on the planet has taught me this, a couple of things. But one thing for sure, the guy that's the quietest is the one you always got to pay attention to. 12 plus years of paying attention because to Judah. when he opens up his mouth and says something. Judah's 12 years. Didn't you start in July? We just, I believe you started in July 12 years ago. We talked for hours. And was it June? End of June. It was? Okay. 12 years. 12, 12 year anniversary is coming up in two weeks for Judah Wickhauer. Carly says this persons of Judah, interest. Judah, go get another sip. You deserve it. Persons. <laughs> that's why we have it here. Four to three. That's why we have it here. Four to three. He says persons of interest in the transaction can also communicate with the appraiser, namely the party paying for the appraisal. Correct. On my personal transactions prior to becoming an agent, I always was sure to be there and communicate with the appraiser directly. Perfect. My agents never bothered, but I was not working with a talented agent like Keith. Oh. Carly, that last Carly, I love you. Carly. I love you, Carly. You can follow me around all day long if you would like. Car- Car- maybe you invite Carly on the program. Yeah, Carly, come on the show. Yeah. Uh, yeah there you go. I've never met her in person. Yeah. feel like I know her, but I've yeah. never met her in person. C- come on, Carly. Get the, uh, I gave out my phone number. Text me. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. If we, how if many we, people you give that phone number out to? Oh, a lot. I don't know. Man. <laughs> I mean, let's cut to the chase. Someone having your phone number right now is that even a breach of privacy in 2023? No, it's but, not. But, but especially when you're employed, self-employed. Let, let's play a little game. Look on your phone, okay, and tell me. Hold okay. on a second. You I'm know, how to, you know how to figure out how many contacts you have on the phone? Uh, yeah, I have a lot, dude. I wonder who wins. Do you know how to find the contacts? I do. Okay, well, you might have to tell me that. You know how so, to find the exact so it's number? So you go to the very bottom of contacts. Just hit Z. Okay. Right? Hit Z. Got it? Z. Right. And then go to the bottom? Yeah, just keep on pulling it up. You'll see it. Oh, I see. Um, I have 4,845. I win 5,950. Let me see. You don't believe me? I don't believe you. <laughs> I don't believe you. Hold on. Let me put my Birkenstocks on. No, no, no. Okay. If he's going to come, on. I believe you. Hold 4, on. 4,845 for you me. You went ahead. 4,845 contacts. That's a boatload. I believe you. I believe you. I go. Yeah, he's got 5,950. So you got approximately 1,000 more contacts than me. Yeah. I've also been on the planet. A little bit longer. longer. Yeah. But, but 
I guess the, his point is, we know a lot of people. We know a lot of people. That's your point, right? Well, it's interesting for the agents that are watching out there, right? There's a, a formula, and maybe on Monday I'll do it. I'll talk about it. There's a formula of how many contacts you have on your phone. Somebody actually did the research on this versus the number, uh, the amount of money you make. It's actually, oh, there's actual. It's a no-brainer. There's, there's an. 889 for Carly Wagner, contacts on her phone. Yeah. Guys, pull out your phone. Scroll to the bottom. It's, it's, that's on an iPhone. I don't know what it that's is. That's on an iPhone. You I can don't... see your number. Hit this Z. Hit Z. What do you got, Judah? How many contacts? Yeah. Not as many as you guys. What, what do you got? Just check it out. It's not like we're, it's not a personal question. 5,950. I basically have 5,000 contacts. You, you basically have 6,000 contacts. And you clean out your contacts. You, any duplicates you always... Oh, I have no duplicates. Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. No duplicates whatsoever. Because you can now... It, it lets you it consolidate it, the duplicates. It, it does it all time. So we shouldn't have duplicates, right? What's <laughs> yep. yours? 246. 246. There you go, J-Dubs. Probably half of them I haven't seen or talked to in 10 or 15 Well, that's years. a great question. Of, of that 5,000, how much do you reach out? It's important. And we should do a show. We should do a show about, you know, I, I, I've dropped the bomb on Wednesday and today that, you know, we're going to be losing 30% agents. I think, somewhere between now and, and this time next year. We should do a show about, you know, basically the class I taught down in St. Martin to the agents about how do you take these 5,000 contacts and grow it. That's a great show. And how you grow it. I mean, let's cut to the chase. If you're a new agent or if you're in any kind of business. How do you business, take that 200 and grow it? That's, if you're in business, if yeah. you're self-employed, if you're a new agent, if you're this. in the mortgage business or it's anything. About this. Maybe one of your KPIs, your key performance indicators, mm -hmm. should be every month you grow your contact list and you actually should check the number. It, maybe that should be emphasized a little more. So we spend a lot of time coaching and mentoring agents and we focus a lot on contacts. Because, look, our business. It's who you know. Our, we have other than we have never bought a lead, one lead at all. That's, that's legit. We refer out. We get referrals. We get, we get somebody of this 6,000 contacts knows somebody else. So we'll talk about that. There's this whole thing I do about A plus and A and where do you put them and you move them around. Oh, yeah. It's a whole class. But we'll, we'll, put that, we'll put that together. It might bore the people that are trying to buy. I don't think that's going to bore for, people. For agents. It'll be very, it's a good, good little class to do. Weekend plans as we close? Uh, um, I got to get some bike riding in. Okay. Um, there you go. I got, know you enjoy that. Got a race coming up, and I'm, I'm riding uh, mid July, a one way race from Seattle to Portland. It's about 210 miles, so my sorry little butt needs to get back into shape uh, and uh, catch up on some work. There you go. Keith Smith. Maybe work on the tan a little bit. The tan's looking sharp, my friend. You crushed it today. Thank you. Had a lot of dude, fun. Dude, this is a joy. Oh, look at that. 1136. It was Sorry. a joy. No, dude. Sorry. Keith Smith, Yes Realty Partners. Guys. Check the partner tab, please. I legitimately have seen this man go to the wall for clients, and they send him Christmas cards, give him gifts. I've seen clients cry in his arms, literally thanking him for what he and Yona have done for them. Work with an agent or agents, he and Yona, that align with your moral compass. Yes, Realty Partners, Keith Smith. Yeah, so, seriously, anybody that needs some referral help, just, give, just call that number I put out there and we'll, we'll get you taken care of. I'll make sure you're, you're taken care of well.
There you go. Keith, Judah, Jerry, Yes Realty Partners, archived at realtalkwithkeithsmith.com. Click the Partners tab for the trusted advisors you can count on in real estate. I love Seville Show in 50 minutes. And particularly if you need help in Hawaii, fly me out there. I'll be more than happy to help you If you, you want to go to Hawaii, bring <laughs> Keith with you. Thank you kindly for joining us. So long, everybody. Yeah, man. I love doing it. Oh, it's awesome. Absolute breeze. Okay.